The Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After spending 40 days and 40 nights without food, Jesus was hungry. Then the devil came to him and said, But Jesus answered, Jesus took the devil to Jerusalem, the holy city, sent him to the highest point of the temple, and said to him, The devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their greatness. Then the devil left Jesus and the angels came to help him. Hello over there. <laughs> oh, even my wife has gone off, see, she doesn't... She doesn't even think I'm worth staying for. Oh. So we need a bit of strength. <laughs> we need a bit of strength from the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, it's so good to be together in different ways and to know that you are with us, you're with those who've moved over to different places, Lord, wherever we are, you are also. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of uh, gathering around your word, feeding on your word. Lord, we were reminded this morning of how you would have made your Father's word that great food for living the life something that you feasted on each day and each night. and We thank you that we have those same scriptures in front of us now. We thank you for this record of your uh, capacity to use those scriptures in the right way and to overcome those things that twisted and distorted scriptures and manipulated God. We thank you for your power and your grace. And we pray, Lord, that uh, by your spirit, that same spirit that gave you that strength to overcome and to triumph over all that sought to move you away from God's purposes would work in our hearts now and to strengthen us and to keep us focused on you, Lord, and what you have as gift for us this morning through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I've noticed over the last years how mentoring has become more and more significant in the lives of so many people. And it certainly has in my life. But many of you will have mentors in your work or in your walk with God, whatever it might be. Our own heads of ministry have mentors that help them work through some of the issues that they're facing. 
the features that have been recently on the news about those with mental health problems are finding the significance of people who will walk alongside with them and be mentors to them as they battle with those things that seek to drag them down. Mentoring is playing an increasingly ro big role in our life as a world. And I rejoice in that. And I would want to commend mentoring to everybody as something that is hugely, potentially significant. I am so blessed to have a man from Australia called Rick Lewis who has enabled me to walk the path of God over the last four years in ways that I wouldn't otherwise have been able to do. I don't always go to Australia every couple of months to see him, but we come in contact with Skype and he comes over here. We spend time together and he asks two questions in particular behind everything that he talks with, about, with, uh, with me about. Two questions are this. These two are at the heart of Christian mentoring. Joe, what is the Holy Spirit? What do you think the Holy Spirit's doing in your life right now? And how could you respond? Those are the two questions. What's the Holy Spirit doing in your life and how can you respond to go with that? And during our series of sermons over Lent, we are privileged to have as our mentor the spirit of the same God that was in Jesus, the spirit who through the scriptures can guide us. And as we ask those questions, what is God, the Holy Spirit, doing in our lives and how can we respond? We want to be looking to the example of Jesus as our supreme mentor to enable us to live that life, to learn to live the life. That's what we're about as God's people, learning to live that life as God shows us the way. Jesus' experience in the wilderness can help us to learn how we might become more fully alive and live in that light that he came to bring. For as St. John described in those opening words of his gospel, in him was life, and that life was the light of all people. And here we see Jesus in the battle against those things that lead people down into spiritual darkness and inner death. That is how serious this battle is. And we see how we can become more fully human as we see Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. We'll see how he is able, by God's Spirit, to feed on God's word to trust God in everything and to worship God with everything, everything that he's got. He himself, Jesus, was the Lamb of God. That was his calling on earth. You remember how when John the Baptist saw this man approaching for baptism, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was the Lamb. And his vocation, his calling, was to be God's light in a world of darkness and to give life to that world through his death, his offering of himself as that sacrificial Lamb in order that humanity might have hope.
And yet within this lamb, it was Jesus, was also the lion, the lion of Judah. The Messiah who is referred to in Revelation 5, as Helen was saying earlier on, the lion who has triumphed over death and whose power can break every chain. He was the lion and the lamb. He was God's son and he knew it. But he had laid aside his majesty and embraced his humanity. He humbled himself, says St. Paul in Philippians 2, and became obedient, obedient even unto death on the cross. So what these temptations are really about is the temptation to forfeit his humanity and to act as a lion instead of a lamb. If Jesus had succumbed to that temptation, his mission on earth would have been over. He could no longer be the perfect lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so here in these short descriptions of what happened at the end of those 40 days and 40 nights, we are given a significant insight onto how to be human, to learn from Jesus, our mentor, how we can fulfill our calling to be a fully alive human being. That is our first and primary calling as people, to be a fully alive man, woman, young person, child. That's a vocation. Before we think of anything else, that is our calling. And Jesus, within us, is able to give us that way forward and the power to become all that he would have us become. So I want to look at each of these three temptations very briefly. But I want to do it around the, with the context of a painting which I used in our opening service in Lent on Ash Wednesday. And if you can just put this on the, the screen. can't see it very well, all these lights on. <laughs> But it's a, it's a painting by Stanley Spencer, English artist in 1940. It's called Christ in the Wilderness, Rising Early from Sleep. But the thing that it particularly enables us to see is how focused Jesus was. He was focused, first of all, on God's word. All his being in this painting, rising up out of what could be a crater or like a, a flower's a petals around, just like he's a rock, like a rocket almost, being propelled forward with everything reaching out and looking up to see God and to reach out to God. And this first temptation was to use his supernatural power as God's son to satisfy his human desires, which are quite natural, but to do so in a way that was not God's way. To use, in other words, his supernatural powers for his own ends. Remember in verses 3 and 4, Matthew records in chapter 4, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, 
People do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The tempter came, if you are the Son of God. Now, for many years, I sort of thought about this thing, this word, if you are the Son of God, as the tempter saying, if you really are the Son of God, almost like trying to uh, recognize that his identity isn't really God's Son. But having done some research and looked at the Greek and DNA, or through commentaries, not that I know Greek very well, but enough in the commentaries help us to understand that what the way that that word if is used is not doubting the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, but he's rather using it in the word, in the sense of the word since. Since you are the Son of God, since you are the Lion of Judah, why don't you just do this supernatural thing and satisfy your own hunger, which was great, by turning these stones into bread? But Jesus answers this in ev- as in every temptation by quoting God's word. Man or humanity will, shall not live on bread alone, just on the things of this world, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, he's saying that real life is found in that which only God can give. A way of living that is found in what God has revealed in his word. And that is why feeding on God's word, the Bible, is central to learning to live the life for us. And the discipline of memorizing scripture is such a crucial discipline for us to enter into. It may, though, not just be scriptures that we listen to and hear. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking all the time in so many different ways. And if we're alert to God and listening to him, he will show us ways that will lead us into those things that bring life. Things that call us out of a self-centered way of living. Ways that lead us into issues of justice, healing, peace, poverty, seeking the kingdom of God on earth, away from those inward things that cause our lives to be so small and focus our eyes upwards and outwards on others. God's word in your heart and God's word in mine propels us out of ourselves like this rocket being launched out from our own little worlds into the great world that God has sent us into. So focusing on the word of, and words of God is what the Holy Spirit is enabling Jesus to do and fulfilling his human calling in that way. Secondly, we see how in the second temptation, Jesus is, calling, is called to trust God in everything. In Matthew 4, verses 5 and 6, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they'll lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Here, the temptation is to manipulate God 
into action. The tempter even uses scripture to try and persuade Jesus of the validity of doing that. But Jesus chooses to trust God and not to seek to use God for his own ends to gain popularity by some spectacular show of power. We've seen devastating examples of how scripture has been used to manipulate people's selfish and sometimes evil ends, whether it's Hitler with the Nazis and those terrible programs that enabled him to justify the elimination of the Jews, or in South Africa, where the Dutch Reformed Church backed apartheid for so many years, basing their arguments on scripture. But Jesus wants to demonstrate to us all that being fully human is about having the humility to let God be God and to trust him in everything, even when everything looks like it's going against us. And that trust is exemplified beautifully in those hands. Jesus' hands are not big, male, strong, masculine hands. They're small, tiny children's hands in some ways, expressing the childlike dependence on their mother or their father because the child is loved by their father their mother, because God is a good, good father. That's who he is. We're loved by him. That's who we are. So we learn to depend on God and trust him in everything, not try and manipulate God or try to get him to answer our prayers in our way. I'm coming down to land. My third point is going to take about five minutes. So, Jamie, I think you've been happy to go and run now to the youth hub. And they, uh, they were saying, what? I can't believe it. We've only just started. <laughs> so off he goes. He's actually literally running. That was very good. I'll have to be quick now. So the third temptation is to worship God with everything. Well, the temptation isn't to worship God with everything. The temptation is not to worship God with everything. But Jesus teaches us how to be human by saying that is the way forward for you to live your life to the full. Worship God with everything you've got. And again, that sense of focus on God is expressed in that painting. So verses 8 and 9. Again, the devil takes him to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you. As if he had them to give. A liar by nature is Satan. All this I will give you. He said, if you will just bow down and worship me. Just take your eyes off the Father and look to other things to take his place. Jesus said, away from me, Satan. James later was to say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Here is Jesus saying, I had enough. And we can do that. The power of God's spirit, we can say, away, Satan, just get out of my head. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We can pray like that. We have the authority to pray like that when we know we are being tempted. He said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him. 
him only. Jesus has been in the wilderness for over a month, nearly six weeks, without food, in freezing cold, kept awake by raging headaches, no doubt, sounds of wild animals, wild winds and crazy thoughts. He is under extreme pressure and deprived of sleep. And we are all tempted at those points in our lives to let fear overcome faith. But Jesus drew on the lion's strength within. And he remained faithful to his heavenly father, faithful to his calling to be the lamb, to be fully human as well as fully divine. And he continued to focus on him, to worship only him and to serve only him. And the words that he used to Satan were like the roar of the lion. Aslan's roar in that Narnia Chronicles is terrifying. But it was the lion within. And Jesus knew that this was what it meant to be human keeping the strength of God within, but fulfilling his calling to be the Lamb of God. And for us to keep God at the center of our focus as we struggle and we let Jesus show us the way to fulfill our calling to be fully alive as human beings. Not only does Jesus show us the way, but he also takes us that way with him. He prays for us, he coaches us, he mentors us. In Hebrews 2 it says, because Jesus himself suffered, When he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He is able to help us. We are the ones who are helped by Jesus himself within us to overcome those temptations. Help us to do the things that Jesus did. Help us to keep focused on the Father and know that we are his beloved children with a calling to grow into our full humanity, filled with the love of God and filled with love for others, that this world may be changed in the power of his spirit. Let's pray. Lord, your word calls us to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Lord, thank you that that lion lives within us by your spirit, that you are the lion, that your humanity is being lived out in us by your Spirit. Give us that strength and power to overcome, we pray, those things that lead us away from what it means to be human. Lead us into light. Lead us out of darkness, we pray. Lead us to live for you in the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.